Welcome to episode 1206 of The Sleeper in the Must. I am Justin Mason, joined, as always, on Sundays by Jason Collette. How you doing, my friend? Happy Sunday, man. How are you? I'm still struggling with this cold a little bit, but I am uh, in good enough shape to keep moving, right? Can't go on the IL right now. It's too important of a time of the season. Trying to grind out some victories. Uh, how are your teams going? Going? Uh, let's see. Sweating them out every single day. Uh, I have, I'm have. i still holding on the first in AL Labor. Uh, and depending on the day, I'm first or second uh, in XFL. Then I'm either first or second in TGFBI in my league. Overall, like I said, one of the best years I've had fantasy-wise. But it is uh, having multiple teams uh, in contention like this. It's a grind. It take it, It's a grind on me. <laughs> so it's, and I was thinking, I think we made a joke about this a week or two ago. I have a fantasy football draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Have I looked at one thing? You could ask me five questions right now about fantasy football. And I think Jonathan Taylor's still a cult. I can get that far. That's about as much information as, as, as I've ascertained. I mean, technically, it's still a cult. He's, uh, he's holding okay. out for a contract right now. So I don't know if he'll be playing on the Colts very much, but... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I am sweating out a bunch of teams right now and hoping that I can uh, turn them into uh, champions. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna see. It's gonna be uh, a really tough uh, last few weeks uh, in my leagues. Uh, hopefully, everybody else is sweating out their teams. This is the time to really grind because a lot of other people are gonna be taking a, a huge focus on fantasy football and less of a focus on fantasy baseball. So you can really move up the standings, especially in your Roto Leagues. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a pretty interesting week in FAB, right? It's usually at this point in the year, we're not like getting that many uh, interesting players, but uh, there's going to be some in this week's FAB. Not a ton of news to talk about necessarily, uh, at least nothing, not much I've seen. The big thing was uh, Jose Abreu goes to the IL with a back issue. He had to get two cortisone shots in his back, uh, and that didn't help. Uh are you dropping Jose Abreu if you have him anywhere? Man, it was – I really tried to avoid a couple of people were trying to deal me Abreu, and you know I'm all about trying to buy on the on the dip when he was struggling, and I passed on it. Then he got – you know, then he started doing some things. And I was like, oh, hey, look. Uh, and now back we, – we've talked about it many times on this podcast. Once the back starts flaring up, it's tough for that stuff to go away, and it impacts everything else. I would add this to you know, CJ Crone as well. He left last night's game with back tightness. So he's dealing with back tightness yet again. This was the same thing that put him on the shelf in Colorado as if anything else could go wrong uh, with the angels. <laughs> this is the last thing they needed. I don't know what, you know, what, what they, whatever, where else they would go, but you know, they, they make the acquisition to get crone. Uh, uh, and now he's dealing with back trouble. So we got two guys uh, that aren't performing to where we wanted to, to this fantasy season that are that have either been dealing with back troubles or are now dealing with back troubles. Um, and as you said earlier, you know, we only got seven weeks left, uh, seven scoring mm-hmm. periods. You can't afford to wait these things out. If you've got better, if there are better options out there, great. But if you're in a, if you're in a deep league, like you and I were talking before we started recording, you know, I'm looking to replace a player in one of my AL lineups and, and pickings are extremely slim. So sometimes you may have to ride it out. The the injured, the dinged up asset may be better than what's out there. Yeah, uh, I mean this is the time of year where you got to make really really tough cuts. In my main event, uh, I was talking to you uh, prior to hit and record. 
my team, my whole team's getting injured right now. I've had pretty good luck in terms of injuries all year, um, but I lost, uh, you know, Jonah Heim, now Bo Bichette, um, Josh Young, uh, Nestor Cortez, uh, and somebody, uh, somebody. Oh, Joe Musgrove, um, and like this is a team that cannot afford to lose, especially pitchers. Uh, but I'm gonna have to make tough cuts, I'm, so I'm probably dropping both Nestor Cortez and Joe Musgrove because. Even if they make it back, it's probably maybe their last two weeks of the season. How much of an impact yeah. are they really going to have? Yeah, we talked we talked a bit about Musgrove last week with Cortez. I mean, there's a good chance he won't even pitch the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, they even said that. So it's again, you've got options if you can find a two start. It's easier with pitching because you can stream it. You can try to find guys and build build a replacement versus okay, hey, you know, you lost to Brayu for the next four weeks. How are you going to build a replacement at first base? A little tougher to do. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan India had a setback. He was supposed to be activated earlier this week. And uh, then all of a sudden, he wasn't being activated. It sounds like his plantar fasciitis is going to be uh, keeping him out for quite a bit of time. Are you dropping Jonathan India? It's tough. to That, that impacts everything. Uh, it impacts his ability to run. It impacts his ability to, to hit. That's just the only way that gets better is rest. And if he had a setback, that's just more time on it. That's not... Oh, give him an extra day. If you have a setback, that resets the timetable on things. So again, depending on your options, I hate to sound like a broken record, but depending on your options, uh, it is time to uh, make a choice. Yeah, I, I think it's probably okay to uh, to drop him in a lot of formats, uh, especially because we don't even know like what his playing time is going to necessarily look like when he comes back. I mean, they've got a logjam right. that they were hoping to probably trade India at the deadline, but he got hurt right before it, so they couldn't move him. Uh, so he might have not—he might not even be a full-time player if and when he does come back, anyways. With uh, Matt McLean and Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Crusio Strand uh, all needing their own playing time, so yeah, I think you could probably uh, drop India and, and move on. Uh, you want to talk about the Atlanta, the top of the Atlanta lineup uh, that has been absolutely on fire, put up 21 runs, it looked like a football score in honor of preseason football. 21 to three yesterday. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Atlanta lineup right now? I was like, one thing to note there, like Nikki Lopez homered yesterday. Yeah. Right? And so we've this twice this week. So Miles Straw hit a home run on Friday night, and that ended a homerless streak dating back to 2021 for him. And then Saturday, Nikki Lopez homers, and he had the second longest powerless streak. And so both these guys have homered. So I'm like, I, I was trying to look at it today. Uh, it's Josh Rojas. Josh Rojas now has the longest active powerless streak. So watch Josh Rojas homer today for Seattle. Yeah, just continue Josh, to travel. Yeah. Why bring up? I hope not because I've got the oh. pitcher going up against Josh Rojas and <laughs> in, in Kyle Bradish. By the way, hey, by the way, uh, the the tribute that Seattle did for King Felix last night just amazing tribute, even to the point of providing zero runs of support for a great pitching uh, for a great pitching performance. George Kirby nine shutout innings. Seattle loses one nothing in ten. Uh, thanks That's for nothing, Seattle. I mean, Rays came back to win again. Could have had another game gained on Baltimore. No, you couldn't. Even on Keaton Felix night, you had to remind the guy just how much yeah, his poor run support you gave him. That's the, that's the perfect tribute, though, for, for Felix Hernandez. Is, God bless um, uh, But anyhow, my point about the Atlanta lineup is a couple of things. Those four up at the top of the lineup, Acuna, Jr., Albies, Matt Olson, and Austin Riley have hit one to four 
every single game since June 23rd, every single game. Uh, and there was an article, there was an article Mike Petriello wrote a week or two ago. It talked about how few at bats Atlanta has given away this year uh, as far as like, Hey, here are the backups, you know, often like, you know, we're recording this on Sunday, often the backup catcher plays Sunday, or like in today's case, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Why a little later, Wander Franco's not in the lineup today, but these guys have played every single game. Uh, and in Acuna Jr. case, he hasn't missed one all season. Atlanta has 11 game lead in their division. 11-game lead. Now, if this was the old rules where September roster expansion was 40-man roster, I'd be greatly concerned about them resting a lot of guys. But now that you can only have 28, so we're basically talking about two extra guys coming up. That said, you have to figure at some point Atlanta's going to start giving these guys some time off, but they, they have been riding them. And I know they put up 21 runs and 28 if you combine the the, the second game of the doubleheader yesterday uh, in this but they, uh, they're kind of in a rough patch. I mean, they couldn't have asked for the Mets at a better time because they've been playing right about 500 baseball uh, over the last uh, 25, 30 games. And maybe it's because these guys are like, hey, I'm tired. You know, they've been playing a lot. So I only wanted to bring up this Atlanta lineup to look at it as you start planning ahead for September that these guys that have been out there every single day may start taking a seat every now and then uh, unless like I know Acuna Jr. He's on pace. I actually wrote him up uh, this weekend for Rotowire. You know, he's on pace to try to set the modern day run scoring record, which is 152 by Jeff Bagwell uh, and the pace that Acuna's on. He's, he's at 148. So, you know, there's a chance that he could get there um, with that. And he's you know, obviously having an incredible season. It's crazy to see what Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson and mm -hmm. Otani are all doing at the same time. Uh, with it. So that's, I just wanted to bring that up. The fact that they're playing so much, eventually I could see Brian Snicker saying, okay, Hey, day off, day off, day off. And may maybe not multiple guys on the top, but that situation is bears watching down the stretch because Atlanta really has nothing to play for outside of, Hey, we want to protect our home field advantage all the way through the NL. And they currently have a five game lead on that. Yeah, definitely watch your schedules kind of down the stretch because you're going to see um, a, a fair amount of days off here over the next couple weeks. Um, and so uh, I think like six teams are only playing five games next week uh, and there are a number of six-man rotations. And so you're going to see a lot less uh, two-steps. I was talking about it in uh, the pull hitter Discord because uh, people, other people were kind of mentioning, oh, slim pickings for two starts uh, this week. Um, and I mentioned, yeah, I was doing my article for, for fantasy pros and that on top of six man rotation, six teams having, um, uh, five, uh, five game weeks, you know, there's also, you know, a full week of, uh, course and a full week of great American ballpark, which, you know, eliminates four potential, uh, guys on two steps this week. So, uh, it's pretty slim pickings. Really pay attention closely to the schedule. I love the scheduled grid and the probables grid over on Fangraphs. Uh, I have them up all the time, uh, especially when I'm setting lineups and doing fab like I will be later today. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're looking at Mariners, Royals, Mets, Cardinals, Padres, and Diamondbacks with seven games this week. Mm -hmm. And then the Jays, Twins, White Sox, Phillies, Cubs, and Reds with five. Yeah. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely take advantage of uh, of the schedule and uh, and don't don't leave yourself with too few uh, gains in the process. 
let's uh let's talk about some fab. Like I said, there are some uh, impactful guys this week. It's not uh, quite as boring as the week as we've had in the past. Um, let's start with uh, kind of the number one pitcher that people are going to be going after, and that's Emerson Hancock, zero percent uh, rostered in NFBC leagues, um, and I'm sure pretty low rostered everywhere else as <laughs> well. Uh, he had a, a pretty decent first start. He lines up for a two-step this week uh, again at Kansas City and then at Houston, so a really, really good one and then uh, a not-so-good one. <laughs> Are you going to be aggressive on Emerson Hancock? Uh, participating, yes. Aggressive, no. The Houston start at Houston really scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Uh, now that that lineup is fully operational, uh, that's that's a scary one. Uh, for him. I, I know I said the kind of the same thing with Cole Reagans last week and he went out and just shoved it in Fenway. Mm-hmm. So things could happen. That said, Reagans has better control uh, and command of stuff than, than Hancock. The Hancock's got nasty stuff. Uh, but even in the debut we saw last night, walks and strikeouts, same total. You look through the minor leagues uh, issues with a little bit with walks. So no on the Houston. I, if you have the flexibility, I don't know if, you, if people have flexibility in lineups where they could start and stop. But yes, start start KC, sit Houston. But otherwise, I will participate, but I will not be aggressive in it. Yeah, I'm going to be participating as well. I'm probably not going to be as aggressive, uh, mostly because I don't have a ton of fab. Uh, and so I can't really afford to be as aggressive as maybe I would like to be. That's right. Um, but uh, with the amount of pitching losses I've had, especially like in my main event, like I, I've got to try to pick somebody up. Though uh, one of the things I decided, I think that I think I'm going to do this week, as opposed to like streaming bad starters, is just look for bulk relievers. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of teams are doing like what the Giants are doing right now, which is like, hey, we're going to bring in a starter for you know a quote unquote starter for two or three innings, and then we'll bring in Sean Manaya or we'll bring in you know other guys to kind of follow. And I think those guys are going to be the ones that are probably more valuable than some of the crappy starters that are still available on the waiver wire. I think in 15 team leagues, you're obviously going after Emerson to Hancock in tens and twelves. I think you should be a little bit more cautious because of that Houston uh, start at the end of the week, though the Kansas city start is really, really tantalizing. Indeed. Uh, next guy on the docket is Javier Assad. Uh, who's who pitched really really well in his last start? It looks like he's going to be the fifth man in the uh, Cubs rotation, uh, kind of moving forward for at least a little bit. Um, he gets a start Wednesday uh, versus the Chicago White Sox at home. Uh, yep. How interested are you in Javier Assad? <laughs> he said the magic word White Sox. Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> that's where that's where I want to go, and the Cubs are playing well. So it's if you, that's really what it comes down to. Cubs playing well. He's got a strong matchup, and you know as we were talking about earlier, if you if you need to build replacement, this is the type of option you look at if you're trying to replace, like you mentioned in your main event, Nestor Cortez. You know, you've got to look at uh, trying to find an option. This is a way you can build a a piece of the Voltron that you need to replace somebody. Yeah, I I mean Assad looks really good. Uh, you know, I do question like how deep he's going to go in uh, in every game. Though he went fairly deep in this, uh, in, you know, in this last start. Um, I, Fifteen team leagues, I think you got to take a shot at him because there's just so little available, and you should really be trying to take advantage of matchups right now. Um, you mm-hmm. know, matchups were the number one thing I look for in terms of uh, streaming to begin with, but especially at this time of year, there's just such a discrepancy between 
the good teams and the bad teams after the trade deadline that, you know, if you can take advantage of a team like the White Sox, a team like the Mets, a team like the A's, uh, you got to do that, uh, you know, even if it's with a, a lesser talent. And, and the, uh, Assad's latest matchup, the Jays too. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not – this is – the Jays, we've talked about it. The, only Oakland is worse at scoring runs. Yeah. Oak, uh, Toronto gets plenty of people on base. They just don't drive them in. They are the second worst team in baseball in wow. plating their base runners and their volume. I believe they are top five in overall base runners. So it may be like a whip thing, but your your ERA should be pretty good uh, in the matchups because they just do not drive in runners. It is, it has been something that's been happening all year long to them, all year long. Yeah. Uh, nice thing though for um, Toronto is they have a really, really easy stretch towards the end of their season. So starting on Friday, August 25th, they've got a series against Cleveland, followed by a series against the Nationals, followed by a series at Colorado, followed by a series at Oakland, followed by a series uh, uh, versus Kansas City. So See, like, that certainly helps their their case, but it's just like they have been underperforming, treading water all year long. Yeah, but then they also get two series versus the Yankees uh, out of their last four series. So, like, uh, as much as I think, like, Toronto's really, really underperformed, I think they're going to backdoor their way into the playoffs. They just got – and shout-out to Chris Crawford. Um, I think he is at Rotowire now. Um, he is. He's the one who pointed this out. Like, what were the uh, MLB schedule makers thinking when they when they put together this uh, and the season schedule for Toronto? Yeah, because he's looking at his Mariners. Saying, yeah, okay, exactly. Hey, we're nine and one in our last ten. What? Could, oh, look at Toronto. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I stare at the I stare at their record, and I'm like, wow, they're sixty five and fifty four. It's like, how are they doing that? Because all I see is their fan base bitching and moaning, and then I look at the numbers, and I'm like, wow, that's ter- that is terrible. How are they doing this? And I'll, I'll I'll pose this question to you: How many Blue Jays do you think have twenty home runs this year? Okay, um, I'm gonna say that only one has twenty home runs. Zero. Oh, Zero. Vlad wow. leads that team with eighteen home runs. Next, I was is thinking Bochet with seventeen. I was thinking that Vlad was the only one with twenty, but he doesn't. No, even it have is. That. Well, okay. now the only guy who doesn't have double digit home runs in their starting lineup is Kevin Kiermaier. Shocker. Uh, but everybody else has at least 10, including your favorite guy, Brandon Belt, who mm-hmm. has been hitting well of late. Uh, so it's been balanced in that regard, but they don't have that one anchor, the, you know, that one guy that's doing all of this stuff uh, for them. And so, yeah, they have zero players or 20 home runs. Remember, like, early on in the season when people were anointing Matt Chapman as, like, the MVP? Um, he's, you know, and because, uh, let's see, I want to say, like, through May – he was, or no, through through April, he was hitting 384 with five home runs. Everybody's yeah. really excited. Matt Chapman was back. Uh, he is hitting, I believe, 228 for the season now. 255 with 15 homers. Oh, uh, 255 for him is actually pretty good. Um, so, all right, let's uh, let's keep it rolling uh, and talk about the next guy, uh, who's Freddie Tarnock, and you may be asking, who the hell is Freddie Tarnock? Well, he is. <laughs> a pitching prospect that has spent most of the year on the IL for the Oakland A's um, and is now in the rotation and pitching pretty well. However, as Paul and I talked about on Friday with J.P. Sears, you cannot buy a win as an Oakland pitcher 
So you have any interest in Freddie Tarnock? No, no. Uh, in a in a keeper um, league, maybe maybe if I can get somebody on the cheap now and, and try to stash and and do something like that. But for regular reset leagues, no. Like I said, you cannot buy the win, and so everything else is at risk uh, when you take when you take on a guy like Tarnock. I mean, he came out of the Atlanta organization, was part of you know, the la- the Olsen deal, and it's it has worked. Uh, obviously a lot better for Atlanta uh, in this case, but no, I, I can't buy a win from there and I don't want to take the risk uh, of what could come from it. Uh, if, if um, you know, he gets out there and has, has a bad, has a bad outing. Who'd you say the matchup was? He's at St. Louis. It's a I pretty mean, good go matchup, way. but um, he also is the kind of guy where like, he has to have a, uh, uh, he has to have a, a starter going in front of him. So they've got to do, you know, some sort of opener because he's not going deep enough in the games right now to qualify yeah. if he's starting. So I think he's one of those guys in daily moves formats that if you see that he's going to be the bulk guy on Wednesday uh, when they face uh, St. Louis, then, okay, maybe you take a shot because he did pit or sorry, this either, uh, he's pitching on Tuesday. Um, you know, he uh, he has pitched you know, fairly well as of late, but um, unless he's going to get that opener for him, he's, I don't think he's going to go deep enough into a game. And he's coming off of pre- pretty serious shoulder injury where uh, I think the, the A's are obviously going to be pretty careful with him in terms of how deep they'll let him go into the game. So um, I doubt I even put a bid on him in my waterfall uh, in, you know, in a 15-team league like my main event. So... Uh, but I thought I'd bring him up because he, he did have a really nice outing uh, against Texas where he, he struck out four and four innings, only allowing two hits and two walks. So, uh, it's not a matchup you thought he would have excelled in. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk uh, some hitters. Uh, there's a lot of uh, impactful hitters. Brian Hayes is hot, and he's been dropped in a number of leagues. Um, I picked him up for Josh Young. In the league last week, he had a really nice week to kind of uh, reward me for that. Are we buying back in on Cabrian Hayes? Cabrizi, gotta say that for Paul. Mm-hmm. Gotta buy back in for Cabrizi. Yeah, I mean he's been hot. You may have missed some of the the uh, the juice uh, out of it, but he's been hot. He's playing, and you got to kind of ride that out uh, with that. So yeah, if I had the opportunity to pick him up, I was looking at his numbers, he hitting two eighty one here in the second half. Only has three home runs, but has driven in eleven. Uh, Pirates offense is, is limiting the rest of it because he only has four runs scored in that time, but he's making the most of his opportunities at the plate. Yeah, all three of his home runs are in the last four games. I mean, he's just on fire right now. I think you got to roll with that. Uh, that doesn't even account for the fact that he, you know he's got a, a fair amount of speed in the profile as well. Um, he's going to hit uh, you know pretty high. He hits hit uh, he's hit lead off in two of his last three games. Hit third in that in that other game. So, I, you know, if Hayes is still available on your wire because people kind of gave up hope um, with the injuries and kind of the struggles, I think now is the time to go buy in on Brian Hayes because he is one of those guys that could be a game changer down the stretch. Uh, Alfonso Rivas is uh, playing well uh, right now. Any interest in Rivas in Pittsburgh? Every week you put a name on this chart, I'm like, Honestly, who? Uh, and part of the problem for me is I don't do that. I don't have National League only. So it's like somebody like this is not going to be on my radar uh, for this. And that's really where the yeah, that's that, that's my fault. But this this create this playing time was created for him by the uh, trade of he shot or he's up choice. G-Man Choi. Why did I mm-hmm. say he's up choice? Holy cow. 
G-Man Choi. That's where the playing time got created for him. So, uh, you know, he's bounced, looking at it, he's bounced around a, a few times. But, again, he has the playing time he's playing right now. And if you're trying to, spinning it back to the earlier part of the, the podcast, if you're trying to replace Jose Abreu, you're looking at uh, a dealing with C.J. Crone's back. This is one of those options that you could use to build your new first baseman. Um, or ride this one out until it dies and go on to the next guy. Yeah, uh, Rivas is one of those guys who, like, he doesn't really do anything particularly well. He's got a little bit of pop, um, you know, decent enough hit tool where I think he hit, like, 250-something. But he's pretty boring for the most part. And, you know, he's sitting in one of the worst uh, parks in baseball uh, for power. That being said, he's going to play every day. And in most leagues... Uh, because uh, of his uh, eligibility last year, he's outfield eligible and first base eligible. So, you know, uh, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know how much I like those guys who can play, who can be eligible in infield and outfield, being able right. to kind of switch back and forth. So, for me, like I know he's a guy who's going to be on my bid list this week uh, in places where I need a first baseman because first base is not as deep as it's been. No, in it's years not past. this year. <laughs> uh, uh, Ilmar Vargas is playing a fair amount right now uh, in Washington. Uh, had a nice little hustle play uh, to uh, make uh, Luis Medina look pretty stupid um, God, the bad. other night. Uh, so, any interest in Ildemaro Vargas? No, I mean, this, there's no even with even with uh, regular playing time. His one redeeming skill is high contact. Yeah. So, like, if you can afford an empty batting average, and the fact, and maybe he gets on a heater. Otherwise, no, there's nothing there. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. I mean, it's pretty empty batting average, and I just while he's playing, you know, a decent amount right now. Like, I don't know that his like his time is concrete even in Washington. Like, it's just such a boring profile. Um, what about Brian uh, uh, Rocchio, uh, who is a top prospect for the Cleveland Guardians? He was called up after their uh, trade of Ahmed Rosario. He's playing pretty regularly in Cleveland at shortstop. Any in, interest in Rocchio? Yeah, I've watched him play the last two days uh, with it, and I've been impressed with his plate appearances. Kind of honestly reminds me of Josh H. Smith uh, with Texas, how when he first came up in his appearances at the plate. Uh, but Rocchio's got a nice uh, approach at the plate, very athletic, moves well on the bases, uh, and has been uh, good defensively. Now, the, the lineup's been a little weird this week with Ramirez serving his suspension uh, for starting his boxing career. So, yeah, but I would expect uh, Rocchio to continue uh, within the lineup. But he's been impressive at the plate, and he doesn't have doesn't have much power, but has gap, has gap power, has some speed, kind of like every other Cleveland hitter, not named Jose Ramirez. Uh, so it's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they do. Uh, and so, so, yeah, I'd be interested uh, in him of all the names we've mentioned so far, I mean, offensively, we haven't mentioned much. Uh, Hayes would be at the top, but Rokia would be right behind him for me so far. Yeah, I, I like uh, Rokia, especially because if you kind of look at his game logs, in two of the last three games, he's hit first and second. Um, and mm-hmm. so, uh, and now that may be a product of the fact that Jose Ramirez was out because of that boxing career. Um, Dave McDonald actually told me that uh, apparently Jose Ramirez in the offseason – um, in spring training, like, well, after after practice or after, uh, you know, he'll go over to the local boxing gym um, and train. Um, so he was not the guy Tim Anderson wanted to start a fight with. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, but yeah, I like Rocky. Like, he doesn't have any sort of 
fantasy carrying tool. Like he doesn't have a ton of speed. He doesn't have a ton of power, but he's got a little bit of both with a really good um, uh, contact uh, tool. So I think he's one of those guys, especially if he can be hitting, you know, anywhere decently towards the top of that Guardians lineup, like he could score a bunch of runs um, and just chip in with home runs and stolen bases. So um, if you are hurting for middle infield, which I know a lot of people are, uh, this this is kind of my backup option. We're going to talk about my my first option this week here in a minute when we talk about Trevor's story. Um, uh, but let's, uh, let's first talk about Royce Lewis, who has returned from the IL. Another guy who is eligible uh, at in the middle infield, but also eligible at third base in a lot of leagues. A top prospect with a lot of uh, tools uh, kind of in that profile. But the only tool he hasn't been able to actually uh, use is health. Uh, dude just gets hurt nonstop. But if he can stay healthy for the stretch run, could be really impactful. What are your thoughts on Royce Lewis? So where is he going to go? That's one of the things. I, so as I'm looking at, like even today, uh, Edward Julian is playing against a lefty, which has been rare for him. Uh, so he is hitting against a lefty, albeit he's hitting ninth. You know, where... Where do they put Royce Lewis in the lineup? Maybe it's for maybe it is Julian Spot, but he's been hitting leadoff when he hasn't faced lefties, and he's been doing well. And so, where do you? That's my only concern is where do they find the room for him? Do they finally just say Joey Gallo? Bye. It's been fun. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else they've got the platoon situation going on. Even as well as Matt Walner's been hitting for them, uh, they've been using Jordan Luplo. Uh, against uh, when the certain matchups. Now, Walner is playing today. He is hitting sixth uh, against the lefty as well. And Luplo is uh, hitting third. So both of those guys are in the lineup instead of uh, bouncing things back and forth. My only concern is they've been, you know, Rocco's been using multiple platoons in this place. And maybe this is, it's Gallo's swan song. Because even when he has been playing, he's been hitting eighth or ninth. And we know that's you know, it's it's been all or nothing as just just as we expected. So perhaps it's Gallo swan song, even with the 20 home runs he's hit. But how much how much longer can they absorb a, a 305 OBP and a 185 batting average? Uh, my guess is that once Lewis is activated and doesn't look like he's been quite activated uh, yet, uh, but he's expected to earlier on in the week, um, is that he'll play mostly third. Um, and Willie Castro goes back to being kind of like a super utility guy. Um, but you could be right. It could be Gallo. I mean, Gallo's been absolutely atrocious and they're not even using his defense in the outfield uh because you know they've got such uh, you know good defenders other places uh they might just say to like you know designate gallo for assignment because i mean at this point like why are you hold- i mean i i was actually looking at gallo as a potential pickup just because i needed power uh in a league and i just like did like a kind of a um a week by week log of like yeah. what his stats he hasn't hit like 200 in like two months in any given week. Like it's been absolutely atrocious. Like um, it's tough to, yeah, I try, I'm trying to figure out a way and I'm sure a twins fans listening to this be like, Hey dummies, there's an easy way to do this. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out a way. Okay. If they jettison Joey Gallo, like who else could play first base? Not Matt Walter, Matt Walter. Willie, Ca- Willie Castro. Willie Castro. That's the only position he hasn't played this season. Yeah. I was just looking at Willie Castro. He's played left field, third base, center field, second, short, right, and DH. He has not played first base. So it's like Gallo may 
Jordan Luplow, I know, has played at least one game at first base uh, in his career, but that may be his. That may be Joey Gallo's redeeming quality is that nobody else can play the position. Yeah, I mean Ryan Jeffers, maybe. Um, oh, Donovan Solano, he's played first base. Okay, I mean that. I think that. I think <laughs> that. I think that would be the the answer is Donovan Solano. Um, but I mean, I just can't understand why um, a team like the Twins didn't make a move for a like even like a G Man Choi. You know, if you didn't want to make a move for like CJ Cron, like the Angels did, but like just a guy who can play the position. Um, You're AL Central champs, folks. They just said, hey, nobody's going to catch us anyway, so why do we make it? Like, AL Central yeah. Champs, this is it. That's 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 ridiculous. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Trevor Story, who just um, got on base via, I don't know if they're going to call this an error or a um, or a hit, but uh, he is back. He's hitting uh, fairly decently. I think he's already got a home run under his belt. Uh, Negative. Oh, maybe a stolen base he has. Uh, stolen base. All right. Um any interest? Well, obviously you're going to have some interest in Trevor Story, but how interested are you going to be? Uh, I mean, since he's been back, he's hit uh, third or fifth uh, in the lineup. The problem is just the long layoff uh, with, with that we saw with Adam Duvall when he came back from his injury, uh, and and how that's impacted him uh, and his playing time. I mean, he was on fire, got hurt, came back, was slow. Uh, so far, Story does have the stolen base and a run scored, and thirty he- at bats, hitting two hundred. He literally just stole another base. That um, and that's that's my interest in him right now is yeah. we know he can run, we know he can move, and we know Boston will let him do it. And so that's my interest in him. And if he can get it, if he's going to hit there in the lineup, and he's going to be doing that in front of like you know Tristan Cat. I know Tristan Cass is hitting down the lineup, but he's been on fire of late, and mm-hmm. we know Boston can put up some runs. Although recently I saw a stat that they've been struggling to put up some runs, or they've been like three and a half runs over the past two weeks, or something like that. Uh, but I'm interested in the story for his steals. Anything, everything else is gravy to me. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I don't know what the pro- the power is going to look at or look like. Um, currently, I mean, literally as we speak, they're just flashing up something that says he's five for nine with two doubles and two stolen bases so far since returning. Um, and he just oh, he tried to steal third and got and got gunned. Um, literally watching this right now. Uh, but yeah, at least he's on the move. Yeah, I mean that's a really good sign that he's willing to to kind of uh, be aggressive on the base paths. I mean that was a really stupid time to steal. How many outs? Uh, I think there was one out, um, but um, they're just showing the replay because I think they're gonna they they may challenge this. It was it was a really bang bang kind of play, uh, but uh, yeah, I just you're up one run. Oh no, that, that was a third out. So, um, well, he's trying to steal third with two outs. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, and when you have a, you know, you've got Yoshida up to bat, you know, a guy who can make a lot of contact, and you're probably going to score on any, you know, single, uh, you know, into the outfield. So, oh, I think yeah. he's safe. Oh, they should challenge that. I think they are challenging it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think Story should be. I mean, he's he's got to be the number one uh, hitting target this week for for people. Uh, and I do think, like, hey, he's a guy who could steal a bunch of bases down the stretch. And if he gets hot, we know what Trevor Story can be. The question is, you know, coming off the injury, how much power is he actually going to have in that bat? Speaking of questioning how much power he's still got in the bat, Charlie Blackman's going to be back soon. 
they've got a full week of Coors this week. So if he does come back this week, uh, he could be a nice little pickup. Are you uh, targeting Charlie Blackman at all? So he's, I was looking at the news. He just began his rehab assignment. Uh, oh, okay. And that's the unfortunate part. He just began his rehab assignment. Uh, when I look at the news, the news report said Charlie Blackman started his rehab assignment on Saturday. So he, uh, yesterday, playing today, yeah, I would be shocked. So he's going to miss some of the sweetness because they have, they're at home, as you mentioned earlier. They have seven games in Colorado this week, six against right handers. This would have been the perfect week to bring this guy back from the dead and say, hey, let's try to do something here. Uh, but, he may miss half that. So yeah. I'm not as interested with that uncertainty because he may have end up missing more than half of that because the lefty may pitch in one of the games he's back. So no, I'm not interested in Blackman. And, and here's the thing. So the, uh, the Rockies actually have a really good um, schedule rest of the way in terms of being able to pick and choose when you use uh, their players and coolers because they're in Coors all this week. They're on the road all next week. The following af- week after that, they were, um, they're uh, home versus Atlanta and Toronto. Then they're on the road for the entire week. Then they're at home for the entire week. Then they're on the road for the entire week. And then they finish at home for the entire week. So um, you've got the ability to kind of optimize even in weekly leagues uh, really, really well uh, for Rockies players. So he's a guy that I'm actually okay with picking up and stashing. Um, in a weekly league, if he's not going to be obviously activated uh, on Monday, uh, but you're not going to be able to use him for you know probably two weeks. So if and you're only going to be able to use him every other week rest of the season. So if that's the kind of player that you can stash, I understand it. But I know a lot of people aren't in a position to be like, oh, I'm only going to use this guy 50% of the time, and it's going to be two weeks before I use him. Yeah. Uh, Next guy on the docket is Alec Burleson. Burleson has been playing quite a bit and playing very, very well uh, for the Cardinals. They're dealing with some injuries. Dylan Carlson uh, uh, put back onto the IL. Uh, Tyler O'Neill has been banged. Um, Any interest in Alec Burleson? Uh, I saw Burleson play earlier this week. Uh, Kind of reminded me of kind of the G-Man Choi kind of profile burly lefty that can hit, that can face righties has got a good plate approach. They did recently call up, uh, Luke and Baker, who I saw play here in Charlotte two weeks ago on a Sunday uh, and is a giant, big, slow right-handed bat. So maybe the two of those guys are going to toggle back and forth uh, in a in a DH capacity type of situation. I don't know. I mean, Burleson, uh, Bur- yeah, Burleson played uh, first base in right field and left field. So he had actually four every day he was in the lineup at four different spots. He's not playing today, but he was at first base, right field, left field, DH. So they have moved him around. Baker is first base or DH. And since Goldschmidt's there, Baker's DH. Uh, there's no way that guy's playing. <laughs> no way that guy's playing in the field uh, situation. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is back in spirit as he's made it. He's played each of the last three games there. So yeah, in a deeper league, especially in a mono league, Burleson has some intrigue. Um, if they're going to continue to play him on a mostly day basis. Uh, just an update. They did uh, overturn that uh, uh, caught stealing. So uh, story now is three stolen bases and he scored uh, on the next batter. So uh, yeah, I, I like Burleson. I think he's going to play a fair amount moving forward. They really like his bat. Um, so I think he's a guy that I would try to ride the hot streak a little bit with a little bit of pop in that profile. Uh, should be hitting in a decent spot in that lineup, uh, you know, behind 
uh, some pretty good uh, bats and goals. Well, their bench sucks. I mean, he should be in there. Like yeah. like I said, unless Baker's going to come in and be the DH uh, against lefties, you know, it's the backup catcher, Jose Fermin and Taylor Motter. It's like Burleson could play just about every day if he wants to. Yeah, in that situation. I think he will. I, I mean, he might be strong side platoon. I think Baker's probably just depth at this point, which makes you wonder, like, where the hell is Juan Yepes? Like, is he hurt or something? Uh, he, was on the, he was in the same game, the same game that I saw Baker play. Juan Yepes was there, too. Yeah, I'm just surprised that Yepes is uh, not been brought back up, especially. I'm going back tonight to go see them play, see Charlotte play the Gwinnett Stripers. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's uh, finish out with, and I'm going to butcher this name, um, unless you know it off the top of your head. Uh, Aussie, I'm not even. Aselvis. Aselvis Basabe. I knew the Basabe, but Aselvis is uh, is a pretty uh, rough name for me to be trying to pronounce it. Uh, Nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, He is an infield prospect for the Rays. He got brought up yesterday. Uh, Any interest in Basabe? So I wanted to, I mentioned this earlier about with Franco. Franco has been playing pretty much every single day. He's not in today's lineup because Basabe is, and that's one of the that's one of the things that they've lacked is, you know, Franco's leading the league in outs above average from shortstops. Played an unbelievable shortstop this year, but it is you know on turf for the most part, uh, and that wears on you. And so they've wanted to find a way to get him some time off, but they haven't had the ability to do so. Uh, Taylor Walls has been hurt, and, and that's part of the reason why Franco has had to play every day because Walls was that natural guy over there. They've tried Fidel Bruhan. Bruhan uh, just struggles defensively uh, and is better on the other side of the bag anyhow and really struggles offensively too. Basabe has been in AAA Durham, and that's why I'm wearing the hat uh, today uh, all season. Similar profile to Bruhan, high contact, good speed, really good defense, can play all over the diamond, and that's why they've called him up. I believe he's up to stay uh, because of that flexibility. And the other piece of that equation is the the Rays have a lot of lefties uh, this week uh, as they, they're playing your Giants this week. Uh, and Alex Wood, and then uh, there's Alex Wood on the plate, there's Reed Detmers, and then there's also Tyler Anderson. So they got lefties. And so Curtis Mead's going to stay up, even though Curtis Mead is 0-4 since his first hit. He got a hit in his first Major League plate appearance and is 0-4, and honestly has not looked good in those plate appearances. Um, but he's going to stay up. So he and Basabe are both going to be in the lineup a few times this week. So I mentioned Basabe for minor league or mono league uh, players. I don't believe he's mixed league viable yet. But he is going to get some playing time this week with the lefties out there and some of his defensive flexibility because they've had to play. They've been playing Isak Paredes as second base lately because they're just limited in what they could do uh, with it. And he's you know he's manned it. He hasn't screwed it up. But yeah, it's one of these things where Basabe's defensive abilities will come into play this week, and I expect him to play at least three times. Yeah, I think in mono leagues makes a lot of sense. I mean, at this point, in a lot of mono leagues, you're just looking for a guy with a pulse. I mean, you pretty much take whatever you can get, and he he should play, you know, uh, you know, some this week with so many lefties on the docket. Uh, mixed leagues, not a guy you got to worry about. Yeah. So and he's one of their better pros, one of their better prospects, baseball prospects. I wouldn't say fantasy prospects because, again, uh, you know, power ceiling is rather limited with a guy who's twenty two years old. Uh, the power's not there, but this this is all about the speed and defense and his bat to ball skills. Uh, with that, yeah. All right. That's going to wrap us up for uh, this week. Uh, what are you working on? Where can people reach you at? So I just finished a story on Acuna Jr.'s amazing season. I, I tweeted about this yesterday, but I don't. You know, when you look at the fact that he has twenty-five plus, uh, 
homers and 50 plus steals, how rare that is to do in a single season. And right now he's the only one, but Corbin Carroll and Bobby Wood Jr. could also do it in this yeah. same season. But then you add the extra layer of amazingness on top of Acuna Jr. He could have 75 plus RBIs and 100 plus runs scored. And that's like the 25, 50, 75, 100 type of thing. When I went back in history and looked at that, we're talking Eric Davis, Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson once, and then Joe Morgan twice. That's it. Joe Morgan's the only guy to ever do it twice. And here we're, we may have three guys in one season, uh, but then Acuna Jr. is going to do that. And so, like, what do we look at next year? Because you know, he is arguably going to be the – he should be 1-1 just about every league format next year if you are one of the people that, like, oh, hey, free agent sign contract kind of thing. So I don't want to take Otani 1-1. So let's say Acuna is going to go 1-1 in eight of ten leagues and, and, and maybe Otani's the other two. Or maybe Otani's one and somebody takes Bobby Witt 1-1. One, one. You know, these things could happen with that. But I went back and looked the last couple of seasons and what happened with the top dollar earner. So taking a look at the season after for Christian Yelich, and I think we all know what's happened with him since his amazing year. And and then Jose Abreu and then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then Aaron Judge. Like every year, the guy who's finished on top the next season has not. <laughs> you know, and even of all those guys, Vlad was the best of the four. Uh, but each one of them has had something else uh, go wrong. So it's like Acuna is doing amazing. And I don't know if people, and maybe it's because I, I live in a bubble. I don't know if enough people are talking about just how special his season is right now, given that even only there's only been nine players in the history of the sport that have had 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases in the same season. And I tell you, I completely forgot about this one. One of those is Ryan Sandberg. I completely forgot about mm -hmm. that one in 1985. When I looked at it, I was like, whoa, uh, completely forgot about that. But but we've only had nine players in history have done that. And Acuna has been awesome. But it's like there's so much tension on Matt Olson chasing 60 home runs and Otani chasing 60 home runs. And it's like, man, look what this guy's doing up here. And yeah, it certainly helps that he's got that he's got uh, Albies and he's got uh, Olsen. He's got Riley behind him ensuring that he's doing all this stuff with runs because that's part of the equation. That's what that's what it takes. Because one of the one of the guys that I mentioned on that twenty five, I uh, didn't mention, you know, that twenty five fifty, is uh, Cesar Cedeno. Did it in seventy two and seventy three in the Astrodome. I mean, hitting twenty five home runs in the Astrodome is like hitting fifty somewhere today. It's tough to do. He did that back then, but there was no other offense on that club, so he didn't score the runs. And so when I did the the some of the other requirements, he fell off because he couldn't get to hundred runs scored because that was impossible to do in the Astrodome uh, in the early seventies. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, been a pretty amazing season. I think that um, he is going to be one of the main candidates for 1-1. I also think it's going to be a really, really good year to kind of have a mid or back-end pick um, yeah. in 2024. There's just so much talent at the top and a, a pretty big drop-off, I think, probably around, like, pick 20, something like that. So I think if you got that middle or back-end kind of pick, uh, you're going to have a really, really nice kind of start, you know, two guys to start your your roster I'm in my first draft right now uh because it's a three three sport draft uh and uh acuna went pretty high uh i think he was the oh, second hey i just saw a news bit Robert, yeah. um not that you're not that i don't know if anybody's still using otani as pitching at this point mm -hmm. uh but he is not going to pitch his start this week uh he's skipping a start versus texas uh, he told Phil Nevin he was feeling some arm fatigue, no injury. So his next start will be uh, versus Cincinnati in South LA, but he is not going to pitch this week. 
There you go. So that's uh, that's good to know. Uh, for those of you who've got Otani as a pitcher and a hitter, you're going to want to use him as a hitter this week. And those of you who've got uh, Otani as a pitcher only, like in Yahoo, uh, you're going to want to put him on your. Or if you're in talent where he's both, where yeah. both players exist, now yeah. you now you got to do something else this week with Otani because you don't have him. Yep. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. You can reach me on all my social media platforms there. I've got a bunch of them now. Uh, so uh, you can also read all my work over on Fangraphs and on Fantasy Pros. Uh, I didn't write very much this last week because uh, I've been sick, but I will uh, be right back to the grindstone uh, pretty much as of today. I'm going to be uh, writing all day today and uh, all day tomorrow. So uh, that will wrap us up for this episode. For Jason myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. Thanks, guys.